This is part two of Graciano's testimony. If you have not heard part one, go ahead and check that out. I hope it'll be encouragement to all of you. Everything that had to be within me that needed to die has died. I guess it had to be five times. Because when I got out, I looked in the mirror and I saw nothing but bones. Like I did when I saw myself in the mirror in the prison. And I began to, t- and I, I began to cheer up. The doctors told me I would never walk again. I said, Lord, you didn't. Give me life for me not to walk again. I believe in you. And from that moment on, I knew what I had to do. I needed to begin to read and begin to pray, attend church service, and apply his word into my life. I began to apply it to word in my life, and my life began to change. And from that moment on, my legs began to get stronger. I was still in a wheelchair. I was going to church. I was involved in men's ministry and one day I was went to a friend's house and I saw in the corner I saw something just catch my eye and I looked around and go what is that oh that's my uncle's old walker are you using it no you want it yeah so I grabbed that walker and I couldn't stand I couldn't walk I said Lord here I, I can do this I'm here with you are with me and you're going to help me get up in my, in my house where I was living at I sat there, made my prayer, and I began to try to get up, and I couldn't, and I tried all I could, and finally stood up. Okay, Lord, now let's take our next step. So I began to take a few steps with my walker. I put the walker forward and a little bit of my leg, moving them, dragging them, and I can do this. So I, I did that, drove it to my car, went to my car, and got in. So I began to go to church that way my walker and my even brothers from the church and family members why are you walking in that walker you can get in the wheelchair and go faster i said i learned never to turn to the easy no matter how difficult things are i'll never turn back to what is simpler if it's difficult and i know the lord is there going to help me through that difficult time and it doesn't and i began to walk in that walker and, and with that walker is where the Lord called me to do my first ministry in a nursing home. Uh, some ladies invited me to go to a nursing home to share my testimony with them to give them hope. And we go there, we sing some songs, and then Sister introduces me. This is Brother Vasiano, and he's going to bring us the message today. The message? I said, okay. And I just spoke from the heart, the scriptures, whatever. I opened the Bible and, and shared scripture with them and I felt God's presence with them. And afterwards, I asked everybody for prayer and I would go up to them, what could I pray for you about? And their words build compassion in me and change my life more. And I go, what could I pray for you about? And they would all say, pray for my family. I haven't seen them in, in, a, in a while, but I just pray that they're doing well. They weren't concerned about their health. They were concerned about their family doing well. And from that moment on, that was my ministry. 
Every Sunday I was there sharing the gospel with them, praying with them. And while during that time, uh, my dad had a stroke. And he was in the hospital. And I go see him in the hospital. I go, I began to speak to the Lord. Lord, when I was a little kid, I would go with my dad on mission trips to Mexico to build churches. I would go on mission trips to, to see him have crusades with other brothers. He would go to church. When I was a little kid, I would see him minister there at the church. What can I do? I want to serve you more. I'm here to nurse you home, but I want to serve you more. And what came to my mind was something like I said, are you sure? He said, county jail. Lord, they know me there. They know my whole family there. They're not going to let me go. County jail. Okay, Lord, if you say county jail, I'm going to go to county jail. So I prayed and went to the county jail, and it was in Brownsville. I go in, and there's two lieutenants there, and they know me. and say, what are you doing here, Castaneda? said, the Lord has sent me here to bring a message to these men. They looked at me and laughed at each other. They go, you're in the wrong place. You need to go to Calizales. Okay. And that's all they told me. And I walked out with my head down. I told you, Lord, they were not going to let me in here. Look, they're making fun of me. And I saw a lawyer friend of mine named John Laylock. And he saw me and said, Graciano, what are you doing here while you're head down? And I began to share with them. The Lord sent me here to bring a message to these men. And he knew me in my past life, my new life. He said, you know, Graciano, go to Calisales, go to this area and ask for such person. I'm going to call him, tell him you're coming. And I said, okay. So I went there and asked for him. He looks at me, he gives me a paper, I fill it out. He can go back to Brownsville and there and take a picture of me and I have a badge. I go, now what I do? Well, you have to go to county jail to find that out. I go to county jail and I tell them, when can I come in? Well, whenever you want. Okay. And back by that time, I've only went to the sixth grade. I dropped out of the sixth grade. And by that time, I was already going back to college. And my free day from college classes was on a Friday. Can I come on a Friday? Yeah. So every Friday from seven in the morning to almost six o'clock at night, I was there. Sharing the gospel with the men. And I would tell the men, I would sing songs with them, and I would tell them, you know, I'm supposed to be dead, but I'm alive. What the doctors told me, I'm going to tell you that I'm supposed to be dead, but I'm alive because God has purpose and plan for me, and you are part of that purpose and plan. Because God wants you to be a man. God wants you to be a father. He wants you to know first that He loves you, that He gave His Son. To die for your sins, to forgive your sins, to cleanse you of all your sins, to make you into a new man, filled with his love and compassion. And a lot of these men just teared up and came to Christ. So I began to do that ministry and I began, uh, I met a, another brother of mine. I didn't know he was a brother, but he was a captain of police and, uh, through him, he introduced me to prison ministry. I would go to the prison ministry and share my testimony and tell them the same thing. You know, I'm here, I'm alive, God has a purpose, and you are part of that plan and purpose. And I was doing prison ministry, county ministry for a while, and then one day I went to the county jail, probably been up almost there going for a year, 
They'll never let me go over here to SAG where they got people locked up for 23 hours a day, take them out for a day, only this way. And there was a new guard there, and he, before they opened the gate, goes, where do you want to go? And I said, that way? He said, okay. And he took me that way. And I had new believer Bibles that I would give out to the, to the men so that they could have Bible studies together. And I would tell them the importance of Bible study together, the importance of prayer together, and the importance of not compromising that because of a game or because of something else. You don't compromise it. That's your Bible study. That's your prayer time. So don't say one day no and something else because that's what happened to me. I said, no, it's okay. And the next time it's okay, but before you know it, you're pushing away the importance that your spiritual man need, that you need to be who God has called you to be, to be able to be a husband, a father, or a servant, wherever God's going to call you at. So I'm taking these Bibles, and I have a Bibles with me, and I'm walking with my walker. I knock on the little door. They have them closed. I knock on the door, and they open them up, and I'm telling them, God loves you. I love you. I bring you a Bible. Could I pray for you? And they would say, yes, pray for me and take the Bible. The next window I knocked and said the same thing. God loves you. I love you. I have a Bible. I pray for you. Same thing. The third window, I knock on it. As soon as they open it up and on, on the other side, I see Steve. He was one of the men waiting to go to court for the murder of the mother of my children. When I saw him, I said the same thing with the same words, with the same compassion with the other two men. God loves you. I love you. I have a Bible for you. Could I pray for you? He just looked at me in awe and got the Bible. He said, just pray for me. Or keep me in your prayers. And I left and did my rounds and left. Left it as that. I got out. I felt joyful that I was able to share the love of Christ with them. And that's all we could do, just share the love of Christ and let God do the rest. One day I was in prison, and a brother named Jack Berryman that was doing county ministry told me, but I said, I after I finished doing my talk, he said, could I share something about you and Joanne that they meant to hear? And I always do different parts of my testimony as the Lord's Spirit leads me to go ahead. It's not my testimony. It's not my life. It all gives for God's glory. So he goes up there and he begins to talk about Stephen. How he's been trying to minister to them for four years. And every time he begins to minister to them about Jesus, he goes, well, can I hold on to the gangs with one hand and hold on to Jesus with the other hand? He goes, no, you can't. Oh, then I'm not ready. That was his routine. He said, one day I was walking by, I was about to leave and I hear somebody banging, banging, banging on the, on the door. And he was in the infirmary because of his own gang men tried to kill him. And he comes to him and goes, Jack, I want to tell you something. That I've given my life to Jesus and I'm holding on with two hands. And he was excited. He said, man, because Jack writes books about county jail prison ministry. He goes, what is it? What is it that I say? What is it that happened that you gave your life to Jesus? He goes, it wasn't just the things you said, Jack. This, I have this Bible right here that I just can't understand. I was sitting here looking at this Bible, knowing who gave it to me. I said, how could somebody, knowing why I'm here, come and tell me that God loves me, that he loved me, and give me this Bible and pray for me? It was just an overwhelming love for me that I surrendered. 
to Christ. Stephen has out of, been out of prison for some time now, and as soon as he got out, we began to share our, our testimonies together to other men, other people in gangs and that life. He's now serving God in a different church, in a different city, still serving God, and just the forgiveness of God just began to overwhelm. God called me one day through another brother. Pastor Life done missionary work, and one day uh, I see these, we're doing a kids overnight thing, and another brother I know, he tells me, you see those kids over there? Those kids are from such, such Colonia, and they're bad. They're bad kids. Keep an eye on them. So keep an eye on their bad kids. I'm like, they're bad kids. Yeah. You need to keep an eye on them. And I saw them, and I, and I heard that piece or that voice say, that's where I want you to go. And I whispered to him later on, we were sitting down eating, that I think the Lord's calling me. But I didn't say it out loud because I didn't want him to hear, really. I really didn't want him to hear. And later on, it was during all Christmas time, during this time, Christmas time. Every year I would come to Austin to go for New Year's, Christmas. I said, Lord, I spoke to another brother that was going to church with me. And I said to him, you know, if it's God wants me to go, when I come back from Austin, I'm going to fast and pray and, and let him make it well known. That's what he wants me to do. So before I left to Austin, I was working for uh, Cricket, and they gave me a new phone. This new phone was uh, right before I left. I was about to say, hey, come over here. We're going to give you a phone. Like, okay. I had a flip phone. They were giving me a new smartphone, whatever. I didn't know. And it was a phone that you could just Shazam songs when you hear them on the radio. So I'm with my brother in Austin. I hear songs. Hey, I like that song. Shazam it. I'll hear it later. Next, Shazam it. I'll hear it later. And I tell my brother the same thing about God calling me. And on the way back, I put on my headphones. And my daughters are asleep. And I'm hearing the music. When you hear the music, you have to click next where it repeats itself. Well, I heard this one song by Josh Wilson. I refuse. I refuse to wait around for someone else to do what God has called me to do. I refuse to make an endless prayer. Everything that I was wanting to do, wait. And I said, okay, Lord, I know what I got to do. I'm not going to fast. and I'm not going to pray. I already know what I need to do. I send a letter. I send an email to all my bosses. Say, as of today, I'm giving you my two weeks notice. If you don't give me my Sundays off, I, I cannot no longer work on Sundays because God is calling me to take the love of Christ to this community and I need to be there every Sunday. And if you can't give me every Sunday off, consider the moment you say you can't my two weeks notice. January 27th was my last day at work. They try to keep me all they can and go, I'm sorry. I can no longer do I'm, I need to be there. Show my commitment to these kids, to this community. And that's what happened. I was there serving them. And then all of a sudden the pastor there had another church in Elsa called the Church of Acts. And he became telling me that God was calling him to go back to where he came, receive Christ. And if I would take over the church. I said, as a pastor, I'm like, wait, well, I never uh, considered or thought about being a pastor. But let me pray about it. And when I say pray about it, I was going to talk to my pastor, talk to my kids, my girls. I go to my girls first and I go, Dad, why do you even ask it? You're still going to do what God tells you to do anyways. 
I go to my pastor and he, he told me, it took you long enough. So from that, that day on, on March of 2012, I became pastor of Church of Acts. And I pastored that church for seven years. Been through a lot of difficult times. Um, met my wife there. She was part of the congregation. We got married in 2015. Have two beautiful sons that are now grown up, six years old and five years old. I'm here on a mission trip with South Texas, Travis. I went and picked up my, my son early from school on Friday. And he said, Dad, why are you picking me up so early from school? And I go, I'm going to go serve Jesus in South Texas. And he tells me, I want to go serve Jesus with you. And I was excited that he wanted to come serve Jesus with me. And did, did, did he come and serve Jesus? He definitely served Jesus. He went with me to give out blankets, give out food. He wanted whatever he could do. He wanted to hurt, serve Jesus. And that, that excited me to know that my son is already wanting to serve Jesus in a community where uh, Travis has been a great part of it. For three years, we were starting a home church, small little church in the community, having services outside. For, to the, to the Colonia people, because I moved the church from the city to the Colonia and renamed the church to Jesus the Messiah. And from there, the people would come out. They were encouraged us. There was times during the winter, cold time seasons. Me and you guys remember we're out there that one winter. It was outside of the little trailer and we'd little, try to put whatever we could to keep the wind from coming in, the cold wind. But just to see the ladies that would come out, even during that time, was encouragement. See, if they're willing to come out to hear Jesus, to be a part of uh, the church, it was important for us to be there. Even in the colonia here with the ladies, that, that day it was really cold. It was, it was convicting for me because mm-hmm. it was probably one of the few days when I thought, well, maybe we, we should cancel service. It was 37 degrees, cold front coming in, heavy winds. We're huddled up against the side of this trailer, and and yet the church comes and gathers to hear the word. And then the following week, it was 70 degrees, completely different different weather. And I remember testimony that next week of one of the ladies was, uh, she said last week was a beautiful time. Physically, it it wasn't. There there was a lot of it was hard. Your yeah. fingers freeze. You can't play guitar anymore. The wind's blowing. The notes for the message are going all over. Uh, but yet she understood what a beautiful time was and it's encountering Christ, uh, being in his word. I'm reminded in your testimony when you talked about the walker and it's a beautiful picture of learning to walk. You had to learn to walk spiritually with the Lord yeah. early, early in your faith. There was a point in which you, you dedicated to the Lord. You began to learn about the Lord, but then you went wayward. I know there are those that are listening that may have family members that are going wayward. It's a painful thing to see. What would you share with him, Graciano, for for family members that have been praying for a son or a daughter or a dad or a mom who who just seem hard-hearted, unwilling to submit to the Lord, and and are pursuing the broad road? I think the only thing we can do as parents, brothers, grandparents, is just to show the love of Christ. Never, let's like what God sees in us. He doesn't see the sin in us. He sees his love in us. So he sees. I always teach that all the time and I understand it that God loves us. He doesn't love the sin. So he sees us with his love. But wants us to get rid of that sin. So what I've learned is don't 
bring up the sin. Don't talk about the sin. Just show the love. Talk about the love and demonstrate and be the love. And that one love is, is like Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good unto them. Pray unto them. He never said bring up their faults. Turn against them. Everything that Jesus was asking us to do to our enemies was to love them. How much more should we do to our children that are backsliding or never known Christ to love them? And we know how the love of Christ will change them. If they feel the love of Christ in them, it will convict them. Because that's what convicted me, the love of Christ. And to this day, it still does. The love of Christ reminds me that he's present. Even when we fail, because we're not perfect either. We're not perfect. We fail, but he never fails. That's why scripture says, love never fails. doesn't matter what you do, but without love, it's meaningless. No matter what we do without love, it's meaningless. But with love, it has every meaning into it. Absolutely. There's an incredible love and tenderness and mercies of our God. And thank you, Graciano, for, for sharing uh, what, what God has done in pursuing you in your life. And, and we're grateful that the Lord doesn't forsake his people. He, he pursues them with all his heart. So thank you, Graciano, for sharing. Yes. I just want to encourage the listener and the hearer. You know, you don't want to just listen. You want to hear and apply that. Remember that we are God's hands and feet. We are one body and we are giving the word. And I've always tell everybody, hear the word, receive the word, apply the word and put it into action. Right. We're going to hear it, apply it to our lives. And once we apply it to our lives, we can put it into action because the, we don't bear fruit until we put into action. We can have everything we need to bear fruit with the word of God. We can cling on to it, but the fruit will never show until we put it into practice. And there's so many areas in our lives day to day where we can put it into practice, put it into action. So put it into action, the word of God, and just be loved, the love of Christ to everyone. That's the important thing to do. Just who is God? God is love. So how the world know who God is? By the love that we show. And what Jesus said, and they will know you are my disciples by your love. Yeah, may we be doers of the word and not merely hearers of it. Yeah. Amen. All right, Graciano, many blessings. Amen. Always a blessing to be with you, Travis, and, and the blessings of the Lord continue to shine and give favor and peace to everyone that listens and for everyone that hears the word of God. God bless you.